0: Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. Today's podcast comes from our weekly Facebook Live broadcast called Weekday Chat. To tune in live and interact with us online, join us during your lunch on Facebook, Wednesdays at noon. Enjoy today's podcast.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekday Chat, where we like to meet with you midweek to talk about where we have been and where we are going. My name's Luke Proctor. I'm the associate minister here at Plainfield Christian
0: Church— And I'm Steve White, and it's a joy to be here, and we love it that you tune in, and we'd love for you to send some questions or make some comments, and uh, we love hearing from you and know that you're just interested in taking our Sunday message and then talking a little further about it, making application for life. That's why we like to do this. Mm -hmm. And so, Luke, uh, Sunday was different. It was different for you all and us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who would have thought? A couple of months ago, we were we were not going to be in a church building for Easter service, you know. So we uh, we did it anyway. We, I mean, we weren't in the building, but we celebrated the resurrection. Yeah. So, what was good about it for you this year?
1: Yeah, I mean. I mean, watch the baptisms, of course. Yeah, you know, of course. I, I, got, yeah. I think I got to watch yeah. them four times, and I bawled like a baby. You know, yeah. every every time right. it, was, it was great. But I loved just the the quietness of it. It felt yeah. a little more like I think maybe what the first Easter would have felt like. It, Rebecca and I were talking, and it was it's just amazing how when Jesus rose from the dead, he did the greatest thing anybody's ever done. It's the greatest moment in history. He's defeated sin and death in the resurrection, and he doesn't just kind of bust that out of the grave and announce it to the whole world. It was actually kind of a quiet morning, and he, you know, met Mary early in the morning in the garden. And it's amazing. John's gospel says that that when they get to the tomb and they look inside, they found the cloth that was around his face folded up there in, in the tomb,
0: like he was real. Methodical, yeah, just like he, just he gets up and it, the first thing he does is his bed.
1: He, he, he folds his clothes. You know, like <laughs> yeah, Mary must right. have been so proud. Right. But it was just it, the first Easter was really quiet and simple, and it was nice yeah. to have just a quiet, simple day together.
0: You yeah. know, what about you? You know what I th- I think what surprised me about myself. I, w- I was feeling bummed mm-hmm. moving toward the week. But I was so excited when I got up Sunday morning. Mm. I I felt this is a this is an exciting day. This is a wonderful day. I guess what I'm trying to say is the truth of the resurrection wasn't harmed at all. Yeah. It still brought me great joy that day. And then I, I told our kids earlier in the week, I want you all to make a resurrection poster uh, with your family. You're not allowed to go to a store, just whatever you can find, put together a resurrection poster. And they all did. So we Zoomed in the afternoon, everybody showed off their poster and what they did. That's so cool. that was fun too, to kind of make it a special day. I, like I, that. I
1: really enjoyed it. It was good. That's cool. That's really great. We went uh, on several East Easter egg hunts with the same eggs and candy over and over <laughs> yes. again. So, yeah, I hear you. We talked, so we split the sermon up kind of into two halves on Sunday. Yeah. You talked from a cemetery about being crucified with Christ, and I talked about being raised with Christ. Right. Um, and it was I, I really enjoyed getting to do that. But this concept of being crucified with Christ um, yeah. it, is a little bit difficult to under uh, uh, understand. How would you go about explaining that to somebody who's not a believer?
0: Yes, that's a challenge, especially using the word "crucified." That's your point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's an archaic-sounding word to us. But I think every person wants to know that their lives mean something more than what their daily life looks like. You know what I mean? Hmm. That that they want to know their lives count for something more. And whatever you believe in that's bigger than yourself, it costs you something, right? Hmm. Uh, Whatever that is. And when it comes to faith in Christ, it, to be crucified, so mean, crucified self means he has to become greater. Like John the Baptist said, he must be, become greater. I must become less. I must decrease. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think an unbeliever can relate to that. Yeah. That that yes, I want my life to count. I want something to outlive me, beyond me. Mm-hmm. In order for that to happen, I have to, I have to say no to myself for that. whatever that is bigger to surpass me, whatever the involvement yeah. is when it comes to, of course, as Christians, it's, it's Christ yeah. and his purpose, right? Yeah. And so I, I put myself, I set myself back so that he can be put forward. I think when people see it that way and understand... Mm-hmm saying no to self or something bigger. That's kind of what we're saying. Just say no to yourself. Yeah. What would you add to that?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't like thinking about the concept that they are a sinner, right? It's not comfortable for us to think about that. And yet um, pretty much every—I can't think of anybody that I've talked to who— would say, like, if I offered you the opportunity for a clean slate, would say no to that, right. you know, um, that every one of us, you and I have have done things we're not proud of. And we have kept secrets and we have things that we wish we could do over again. And I've known the right thing to do and I've not done it. And I've known the wrong thing to do and I've done it. And I keep trying to have a perfect day and I haven't had one yet, you know. Right. and And so – with this concept of being crucified with Christ, it means that you're you're dead to that, that that old, dead, sinful you is, is in the past. And Romans chapter 6 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible on this and talks about how when you are buried with Christ and crucified with him, you're no longer a slave to your old habits, to those things that you can't kick, to your sinful desires, but that you are, you're changed. And you talked about that in your sermon, mm-hmm. that these people who are buried in the cemetery, the things of this world and the temptations and the habits and the, uh, just the, the sinful things in the world have no appeal to them anymore because they're dead. And in the same way, if I offered you the opportunity for a clean slate and for the things of this world to not appeal to you and hold you back anymore, uh, my guess is you'd want to take it, and I know I do.
0: And and it's a process, right? Mm -hmm. There's an initial uh, response. When we are baptized into Christ, we are crucified to self, but we know practically... We're having to crucify ourselves over and over again, yep. you know. But that's the good news about being in God's grace. Yep. He gives us time and the permission to do that, and we keep growing in Him all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Praise God. Yes. So uh, this is this uh, time we are trying to bring some kind of semblance to life, right? Mm-hmm and uh i know my my son texted me this morning and said i've spent 3 minutes figuring out if this is thursday or friday he said then i realized it's wednesday <laughs> and uh and then my daughter said, it's like groundhog day you know everybody's groundhog day you know and, and it sort of is like that so here we are as believers in this Place and time where life suddenly is changed, mm-hmm. so what is our testimony of faith like in the midst of this what What should be our faith testimony be like what How do we encourage people how do we what do we do with this
1: yeah i The the verse that we spent our time on on Sunday was Galatians 2.20, and Paul says in there, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith. It's one of the great faith verses of the Bible, and of course, there's so many other wonderful things the Bible says about faith, that that we walk by faith and not by sight, which is what we need to do right now. And the book of James has a really neat perspective on faith, and it reminds us that faith is not just this believing, but that faith is inextricably tied to our works. You can't divorce the two of them, that they come hand in hand. And one of the best chapters in the whole Bible on faith is Hebrews chapter 11. And it starts with a a phrase that you've probably heard before, that faith is being uh, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Um, But it doesn't stay in just that mental attitude. It plays itself out in action. And Hebrews 11 goes on to lay out the lives and the examples of all these people who lived by faith, that by faith, Noah built the ark, even when everybody was making fun of him. And by faith, Abraham left his home, even though he didn't know where he was going and believed God's promise that he was going to have a child even though he was 100 years old. And by faith, Joseph had his bones be buried in the Promised Land, even though he was still in Egypt. And by faith, Moses led God's people out of Egypt. And by faith, Rahab trusted and, and helped save God's people. And over and over and over, these people uh, lived out of what they believed rather than out of what they saw right in front of them. And I think that's what God's telling us to do right now also. And that means um, that even if the bank account's tight and you don't know where you're coming from, and even maybe if you've been furloughed, continue to give and be generous in faith. And even... Even when you don't know how to help the people around you, continue to pray for them in faith and continue to find ways to serve in faith and to love one another in faith and to speak your faith. When people talk about how the world is just falling apart, give them the hope of redemption in heaven that we have and that Jesus is still on the throne and is in control. Um, but there's no better time than now for the rubber to meet the road with your faith. And uh, It's not just meant to live in your brain. It's meant to come out in how we live. What would you say? How, well,
0: I don't know if I could add much to that. I think it's perfectly said. But I do think we have to intentionally um, respond in a way so that people know we are level-headed, and we are not letting anxiety get in the best of us because God is so faithful to us and he's good to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think if somebody says to us, so how are you, you dealing with all this? Don't say, eh, I'm doing pretty well. It's a perfect opportunity to say, you know, I've just, I've just rested in God's presence. Mm-hmm. And he's being good to us, and I don't, I'm, I'm concerned about the future, but I'm not letting it preoccupy me. Be honest. Don't be, mm-hmm. don't be, like, pie in the sky and aloof and act super religious. Just say, you know, there are times I'm tempted to be really anxious about what's happening, but, you know, I, God's always provided for me, mm-hmm. and I know he's going to provide for me through all this. You s- do something to make it a testimony, yeah. That of God's faithfulness and His goodness to all of us, because this is a great opportunity for believers. And I've been so impressed by just how the community at large are, are handling all this, yeah. you know, when you when you meet people. But there, there's going to come a time as things get rougher that we will be able to speak out of the peace that we have and the joy that is uninterrupted and the rest we have in the Lord. I trust that's your experience, too, yeah. and you are truly living that way. That's a good word. It seems like the emotional... there's a lot of emotional
1: turbulence going around, right? We have people who are super anxious and super people who are yes. super angry at those who aren't following the guidelines and other people who are saying, oh, it's all just cooked up and people who are ignoring everything. stuff. And you, the emotional spectrum is just so wide right now. And I'm thinking of the story of Jesus when he's in the boat with his disciples in the storm and they're all scared. They're all yes. panicking, doing everything. They're bailing out water and rowing and they think they're going down. And Jesus is in the boat taking a nap.
0: That's right. And
1: that was living by faith and he gets up and he just speaks, peace, be still, and the waters are calm, yeah. And I think we get we're going to have opportunities to speak that calm, that peace that passes understanding. It's so exactly
0: right. And I and you know remember when they first went in, they charged him. Don't you care if we drown? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people's perception is that when mm-hmm. the when the when the stresses go on and on, God, don't you care? Don't you don't you know? Habakkuk the prophet cried out, "Lord, how long?" Mm-hmm. And there might come a time when in your life you may say, "God, how long?" and we don't know, mm-hmm. but we do know he is, he is the same yesterday, today, forever. His compassion, his love never changes.
1: Amen. Right? That's a good place to end, I think. Yeah, for sure. Hey, we hope you'll join us back on Sunday. Steve's continuing our Galatians series yep. talking about how we have freedom from slavery and we're adopted into God's family, and that's the, that's the truth we need in this season. We hope you're doing well. We're praying for you. We love you, and we miss you.
0: Have a good day.